0: Buckle up for a Radio 191 FM podcast. I'm on the phone with Dr. Jude Ball. How are you, June? Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Jude Ball was with the Otago University, Wellington Department of Public Health, and you recently released a study about a possible decline in teenage drinking levels amongst uh, youths in New Zealand. Could you? Perhaps uh, define what youth is in your study for the listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. So we were looking at secondary school aged young people, uh, particularly between fourteen and seventeen years old. So not including the university
0: mm-hmm. age. And based on your data, how was the data collected? Was it was there any discrepancy for one particular? Because it was in the Wellington region, right? So was there any? particular discrepancy towards one school compared to another or was it just in general?
1: Um, so before we started the study we already knew from national surveys that mm-hmm. adolescent drinking had gone down. So the purpose of this study was really to understand why. Um, so the way that we did that was to compare data that we collected last year from one school in, in the Wellington region with data that was collected 20 years ago so back um, 1999 to 2001 Mm -hmm. from a single high school in Christchurch so we matched the high schools they were similar decile and similar in that they were suburban schools Mm -hmm. in um, in a city and had quite a diverse student population so we wanted to see what had changed over time in terms of young people's social lives uh, how they socialised, and particularly kind of attitudes to alcohol, and so on.
0: And were the conclusions that you've drawn from the study are they very, I suppose, strong conclusions?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some really striking differences between 20 years ago and now in terms of how young people are socialising. Um, and I think we can also be quite confident in the findings because they match up quite. Um, there's quite a strong correlation between what we've found and what overseas studies have found Mm -hmm. because it's not just New Zealand, this decline in adolescent drinking, it's it's happened in almost all high income countries
0: And I guess in regards to some of the data collected do you think that Mm -hmm. despite there being a decline in drinking, do you think that by interviewing maybe in the groups or in the individuals, that these teenagers maybe especially the younger ones, do you think that they, the idea of impression management of data came into the fact that some of the students may have been dishonest and their answers just to seemingly fit in with the rest of their peers?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, how do we know that young people are being honest, whether it's in interviews or in surveys? And actually, there's been quite a lot of research on that. Mm-hmm. So um, for tobacco, for example, you can actually tell if someone smokes from... <clears throat> a substance called cotinine that you can measure from saliva.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there have been studies that have compared what young people have said in surveys and then used objective measures. And the evidence is is pretty good that young people um, do tend to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But even if they weren't telling the truth, you would expect that to be similar over time, right? Right. So if people were unwilling to admit alcohol use now, Um, they would also be, you know, some of the portion would be unwilling to admit that 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if there had been a big change in that that willingness to admit, that would be quite an interesting finding in itself. Mm -hmm. It would suggest that alcohol use was less acceptable now than it used to be.
0: And I guess that is something I want to move on to, is that it seems as though from your study that you found that there is a general greater acceptance of people who, of youth who do not actually want to drink. There seems to be greater acceptance and more tolerance of youth who don't want to drink and so therefore that is a possible decline, reason for a decline in drinking levels?
1: Yeah, so that was quite striking that 20 years ago it seemed like to not drink really put someone outside of adolescent social life altogether. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a bit of an outcast. Is the young people we talked to last year? There were different friend groups. So, some friend groups were totally into drinking, Mm -hmm. you know, very much like the young people of 20 years ago, and, you know, drinking and drug use was a big part of their social life. But there were other friend groups where it just wasn't on the agenda at all. Um, So, it did tend to be um, according to which friend group a Mm -hmm. person belonged to. Um, But there seems like young people today have a bit more of an acceptance, you know that kind of Mm you-do-you idea that whatever people choose is is okay, Um, and that seems to be part of the reason that that drinking is uh, less prevalent, is that it's okay not to, whereas 20 years ago, you really risked being labelled a loser or an outcast if you decided not to drink.
0: And another thing that came from your research was the idea of social media coming into play. Twenty years ago social media basically non existent compared to now where it seems as though some maybe not replacing social events, but more so the idea of going to a social event isn't as maybe important to mm. youth nowadays as it as it was twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, so that was that's another really key shift that's changed social life for young people. Um and yeah, so twenty years ago there was no social media. So parties were really important as a place to see and be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a chance to bond with your friends and to expand your social circle and particularly to meet potential romantic partners. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't go to parties, it was pretty difficult to do any of those things. Whereas these days with social media, you know, you can expand your social circle online, you can meet romantic partners, you can kind of extend existing friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, I think, as you said, the kind of need to go to parties or to go out to meet and drink socially is maybe not as high as it was in the past.
0: And did you find that in the study, that those who maybe use social media more or more active on social media, did you find that maybe they did not go to parties and drink as much as those who maybe, was there any correlation there?
1: Uh, great question, Matthew. So that's not something that we looked at in mm-hmm. this qualitative study, but there are quantitative studies, um, including ones that I've been involved with. And what's really interesting is that at the individual level, um, people who are heavily engaged online are actually more likely to drink and smoke than young people who aren't. But I think there's um, so the young people who are very much online are also the young people who are very social. Mm -hmm. um, And so Alcohol use and tobacco use is often used in social settings. So I think that that's quite a big confounder there. But what we see with the advent of social media is, you know, with any of these studies, we're trying to compare those who are exposed with not exposed. Mm-hmm. But with the change in social media, everyone's exposed, right? Whether you use a lot of social media personally, it's changed the world that we live in and it's changed the way people socialise whether you personally use social media or not. Um, and so at the societal level, we can see a kind of displacement effect, even if at the individual level that's not what the data is telling us.
0: And moving on from social media to maybe social would did that play a factor at all with these students? Did their backgrounds or their, where their, fam, like their family background, does that play a part in their de- possible decline in drinking, or if they continue to drink a lot?
1: Um, great question. Um, so that, that's not something we looked at in this qualitative mm-hmm. study, but there are lots of survey data showing that drinking has declined in all socio-demographic groups. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of whether you're from an affluent background or a more deprived background, uh, the proportion of young people in all of those groups who drink has gone down so that's really good news and it does suggest some kind of um, fairly universal Mm -hmm. um, change that has caused
0: that and final question the study still finds that young adults such as 18 to say 23 years old, there's still a really big problem with binge drinking in New Zealand could this study continue further and maybe analysing the same group of children as they get to um, become young, young adults to see if maybe those who aren't drinking now are more so just saving it for when they're in university when they possibly can drink because they're over the age of 18?
1: Yeah, so we have seen a, um, a delay in the the onset of drinking. Mm-hmm. The young people are starting later than they used to. So that's a it's a really great question, and actually we're we're putting together a funding proposal at the moment to try and re-interview the young people that we talked to last year. Mm -hmm. So they'll be two years older um, and, yeah, they will be in that late adolescence, Mm
0: -hmm. early
1: adulthood stage. So we're really keen to see what happens. Will they continue to have... I mean, some of them were already drinking, Mm -hmm. but those who had kind of negative attitudes towards towards alcohol, will that continue as they, um, you know, go to university or whatever? Mm -hmm. Or... Um, will they kind of join the earlier generations in starting to, to drink, they into adulthood.
0: Well, thank you, Jude, for coming on to speak about your research.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: And we hope to see this new research come out about uh, late adolescence and yeah, young adults. Yeah, w-
1: watch the space. It's like yeah. we get the funding. Very yeah. soon,
0: Jude. Thank you. Thanks for choosing a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are more just like this at r1.co.nz.